When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani here on Odyssey's Vikings podcast. Thursday morning. I think we've recovered from that. <laughs> Whatever that was on Monday night, we're looking ahead week two, week three, excuse me, against Detroit. <clears throat> pair of one and one teams in kind of a gridlocked NFC North right now. All three, all four teams at one and one. Minnesota hosting Detroit. Dane, just like as we get into this, where are your thoughts on where the Vikings are at now that we are out of kind of the instant reaction phase of that Monday night just debacle um, and looking forward now? Where are you at with this team? Yeah, I think I'm pretty much in the same spot that I was before this season. And and that speaks more to the game on Monday night than anything else, right? I think if the Vikings came out, put together a masterful performance on Monday, dominated on offense, took away everything on defense, we would have legitimately been looking at this team on Tuesday. Like, are they Super Bowl contenders? Could they, could they really do this this year? And instead we're looking at it like, okay, uh, they're probably just middle of the road. It's probably going to be up and down each week, week to week. But I think it's important, like having two or three days to kind of digest that loss to realize like still one and one, the Philadelphia Eagles for all intents and purposes, look like they're going to be a really good team this year. So it's, it's not like the sky is falling in Minnesota. And I think that, that kind of leads into this week with the Detroit lions coming to town. You're better than the lions. You want to think you're better than the Lions if you're the I was Vikings. I say we don't know they're better than the Lions, right? But it, exactly. But like I think we're going to learn a lot about the team this week because the Lions are good. They're plucky. They 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 won last week. They pushed the Eagles 38-35. Eagles kind of fell apart in that game, but uh, frankly, the Eagles fell apart in the second half on Monday night too, and the Vikings just wouldn't take any of that. So the Lions made that Week One game close against the Eagles. The Vikings did not make their Week Two game close against the Eagles. So we don't know. Like we don't know a lot about this team yet. We know it. I think it's going to be a roller coaster ride this year. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see how this team responds in, in like the face of adversity. It was all everything's good. The culture's new. The culture's different. Well, now that culture is, you know, going to be put to the true test. And you heard Kevin O'Connell kind of say that yesterday. Yeah, um, he said that on many points of, and all the guys have kind of said like something about, they pointed to that culture, right? The players have pointed to it. They've been like, oh, you know, there's no like finger pointing. There's no coming in and yelling. It's all figuring out like, okay, what went wrong? How do we improve upon that? You know, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that, you know, like Kevin O'Connell responded exactly how we thought he would. Um, you know, and it's all these words again, um, 
and now we have to see the words come into action. And Kevin O'Connell kind of spoke to that too. Yeah. So yesterday I mean, he talked a lot. Of, Kevin O'Connell, I think we've talked at, at length about how he talks at length. He talks. Um, I think he, he talks. And I talks think he talks. says roughly a million words every press conference, um, give or take. Um, but if you kind of, and it's kind of been like a science you've had to figure out, like on the beat this year, when he talks, there's going to be a lot of stuff you don't really need to listen to. You can kind of tune him out for like minutes at a time. Um, but he's going to drop like some pretty insightful word bombs in, in, in between some of his answers sometimes. And I think it was like five, six questions into his press conference yesterday, asked about like how do losses weigh on him personally. He talked a lot about wins and how after a win, it's not like the warm, fuzzy feeling. It's just on to next week. And then he talked about losses and he said, well, when losses come around, they weigh on me probably for a lot longer than, than they should as a head coach. Here's the quote I thought was interesting. It's about halfway through his answer. So like 400 words into his answer, he says, I can't tell you how many players I've had come up to me, reach out and kind of early today and just say, Hey, we've got to play better too. That's where, well, with all this culture stuff we talk about, this is where it gets tested. Uh, Nail on the head right there. Um, You heard, like you said, Jason, whether it's Adam Thielen going on K-Fan radio and, and saying like, Last year, there was a ton of finger pointing. There was screaming and yelling. There's not that this year. Whether it's Kirk saying, um, you know, Kevin O'Connell handled this loss just like we expected he would, like with a lot of class and maturity. All all right. And I think, like, all those things are true. I think everyone's being truthful in, like, how this the vibe is. It doesn't mean anything if you go out and lose to the Lions this week. It's a short week. It's really his truly his first test as a head coach, as far as I'm concerned. He had the entire offseason to prepare for Green Bay as a home game. They were without their starting left tackle, their starting right tackle, their starting receiver, whatever. Like, that was hardly a test. You should win that game at home. Monday night game, it's a little weird. Like, I think that was a a test that he kind of failed. But this is the first real big test. Like, how do you respond to adversity? How do you handle adversity? Um, And I think we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. We don't know. Um, but but Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, we will. We're going to have to see some kind of difference, right? Like like guys have talked about this ad nauseum, and, and, and maybe it will show itself for sure, but it hasn't yet. Um, they didn't follow up success with success. Um, frankly, like they got hammered on Monday. They didn't get hammered once last year until Sean Mannion started. Uh, they were in close games, even against elite teams. Like they went toe to toe with everybody and they, now they booted away games. They didn't finish late, whatever. There was no game where you were like, wow, these guys got outclassed and destroyed. Um, so this was a step back, I think in that regard. So that's kind of a knock against like, oh, this is so much greater and better this year. Um, and now it's like, you're trying to win this game just to stay on par. Like, yeah. Okay. You beat green Bay at home week one. Well, you beat green Bay at home last year. Uh, you know, you right. never got shelled last year and you got shelled in a game this year. Okay. Now you're trying to beat Detroit at home. And like, if they win, we could say, there you go. There's the culture. They bounce back. You're supposed to beat Detroit at home. You know, like you have to do these things just to stay on par and then try to prove to us later that something is different. Um, so this is kind of that in that game. Now Detroit's better certainly than they were last year. And Minnesota lost to Detroit once and almost lost the second time. Uh, but yeah, like it's for me, as much as anything, it's that you have to prove things haven't gotten worse. Uh, that's what you're trying to prove to me this week. Uh, not that, not that, Hey, we built this culture and we're going to show you by bouncing back and winning against Detroit at home. Like you just have to show that things haven't gone off the cliff. I think, um, 
that's kind of where I stand in this game because if you lose this game, if you lose right now, now we're already looking at, I think, like, well, this team's not going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, like, like okay, they're worse than Detroit. They're probably worse than Green Bay, and they didn't. They just caught them week one. Um, those are the thoughts. Those are the conversations we're going to be having if they drop this game, which is a losable game for sure. Um, I, I think it's just kind of like you've just got to prove that you are a legitimate team here, um, not that you – as much as we talk about the culture and stuff, like, are you good? Do you have good players? Like, those are the things I think we need to see as much as anything else is how can you bounce back? Because – yeah, if it was a really good team, it'd be like, how do you respond to adversity? For me, I'm like, well, are you a good team? <laughs> That's what I need to see before like worrying about how how your culture and how everything is working um, to get the best out of guys. I got you. That, that oh, That's totally fair because you're right. If they lose to the Lions on Sunday, like I don't think you can look at many games on the schedule and just be like, that's a win. That's a win. That's a win. And that's no like disrespect to the Detroit Lions. I think they're actually a pretty good team this year, and we'll talk more about that. They have a ton of weapons, and they're not just this walkover football team like they've been in the past. But if you're the Vikings, like, and you have realistic goals of winning the division, which I don't think me or you think they can, like, you need to beat the Detroit Lions. You need to be better than the Detroit Lions. So are you a good team? I guess we'll find out Sunday. I think they're a pretty good team, but we don't know for sure. I think one thing we need to see on Sunday and Kevin O'Connell spoke to this a little bit yesterday. Dalvin cook talked about it too. You can't lose a guy like that. You can't just lose Dalvin cook in your game plan. And I think what Kevin O'Connell basically alluded to yesterday on Wednesday during his weekly press conferences, he got kind of obsessed with tying the score when it was down 14, zero. It's okay to like, I'm not all for like the second and long runs, you know, run, run, run three and outs, but like you do have to establish some sort of run game. You have to try and go to Dalvin cook. And I think he just completely went away from him. Um, It'll, it'll be a little different this week. I think Philly's personnel is, is, is stronger at stopping the run than, than perhaps Detroit's, but you also saw Deandre Swift run all over Philly in, in, in week one with a couple of big chunk runs. So I think while Philly deserves some credit for stopping Dalvin Cook. Kevin O'Connell deserves some blame for basically taking him away by himself. Um, I think you'll see a lot more Dalvin Cook this week. Um, I would be surprised if he's not flirting with his over-under carries, a little tease to the the purple prop party is 17 and a half. I think he's going to flirt with that number this year or this this upcoming week because I think the Vikings are going to try to establish him. Yeah, it's a good segue just into the offense looking at this week. I will say in Kevin Connell's defense, not, not defending him, he's not defending himself. He doesn't think they ran Dalvin Cook enough. But, you know, you're down 14-0 in that game. You're wondering if you're going to give up 35 points uh, because that's what it felt like. And then, like, the times when Dalvin Cook got the ball, especially in that first half, it was like first and 10. And it was like, okay, two yards. So what are you going to yeah. do now, run it on second and eight? Because we always talk about how that's a terrible play. Um, like, like people on Twitter and analytics and, and even us will make fun of you for doing that because you're setting yourself up for, fa- for failure. So if Even if anything, it works. Even yeah, if it works. Yeah, it, it doesn't, right. you know, it was a good decision. Yes. So now, you, now you're down multiple scores and you're facing, like, a second and eight. What are you going to do? You're going to throw the ball. Um, and then the passing game didn't come through in the first half either. So then it was three and out. So you barely ran any plays in the first half. Um, and how many of those now, like, are, are you, when are you supposed to run more? I would have loved somebody to show me like, Hey, you know, here's where they should have run it instead of passing it. I didn't see too mm-hmm. many of those situations arise. And when, yeah, obviously like you want to establish Dalvin cook, but sometimes in the game, it's just not going to work out for you. I understand what he's saying, but like maybe in the second half, you could have done that more. Uh, that's more likely, frankly, that, 
okay, now like the defense has kind of settled itself. It looks like, you know, when you get the ball down to like the 30 <clears> off <throat> of like a blocked field goal, okay, now maybe you try to establish the run here. Um, but in the first half, I didn't see any opportunities for it. I agree with you. I think Kevin O'Connell sees that as a mistake and he's going to try to correct himself with a game plan this week. And Detroit is a more favorable opponent to run the ball against. Um, but I didn't, I don't want to knock Kevin O'Connell too much, even though he was knocking himself in that Monday night game, because I didn't see the opportunities there to do it. Frankly, like I thought that was a game where, yeah, you, the running game probably wasn't going to work and, and you're down a lot of points and you have to pass and you just hope your, your passing game comes through better than it did. It needs to, the passing game needs to come better, come through better than it did. And, we're talking about this is going to be a test for the Vikings culture. This is going to be a test for Kevin O'Connell. This is going to be a test for Justin Jefferson too. Like I think you mentioned after our post game or our post game podcast, like it's the first time in two years that we've truly seen Justin Jefferson lose. He lost to Darius Slay on, on Monday night. He, he wasn't competitive with Darius Slay on Monday night. I think he finished with one catch when, when Darius Slay was in coverage. Yeah. It was like and one on seven Dar- targets. Yeah. It was <laughs> Destroyed and uh, Darius Slay finished with two catches when he was in coverage. Darius Slay was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. So, uh, well, I have no, absolutely no worries about Justin Jefferson. I think he is still one of the, if not the best receiver in the league. You need to respond this week. You need to come out and 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 put a performance on on the Lions' head. And just really show like that the offense can go to you even when things are hard. I think that was something we talked about post game too. Like everything was hard on Monday night. Everything was hard for this offense, largely because of Kirk Cousins and the way he played the position, largely because he really exuded zero percent of calm. But it's it's okay for Justin Jefferson to win one on one, and you know he he just there were times where where Kirk Cousins missed him wide open, but a lot of the times he was pretty blanketed in coverage when when Darius Slay was there. So you got to win this week. You're not playing a guy nearly of the caliber this week as, as Darius Slay, no matter who the Lions line up across from you. I don't know if they're going to shadow. I don't know if they're just going to play certain sides of the field and just kind of take their medicine with, with Justin Jefferson. But the passing game always is going to start and stop with him as far as weapons go. And then it's obviously a nice segue to Kirk. Like He needs to be better too. He's going to be better. He's 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 done a great job against the Lions throughout his, his tenure with the Vikings. But like, you know, we, we after Monday night's performance, all of the, the the bad rhetoric that surrounds Kirk Cousins came back for good reason. He needs a bounce back right this week, and he needs to show that he can lead this offense, you know, to the high-powered one they want to be. What about, like, the other weapons within this offense right now? Like, Adam Thielen was missing until the fourth quarter garbage time, and then, like, literally – no catches, I don't believe, until the fourth quarter. And then just like, okay, garbage time, those last couple drives, like Adam Thielen time. Uh, KJ Osborne, you can't tell he's on the field half the time. Uh, that, was, yeah. that, was, that was a guy we were really excited about coming into the season, and there's been just no production. Uh, it was the Irv Smith and Justin Jefferson show, and then you know the running backs out of the passing game. Like, where are these dudes? Are, are they going to get them involved? Are they just not playing well enough uh, to, to draw targets? Like, where do you land on this right now? I don't know. I think you see a lot of this with Kirk Cousins, and you've seen it in the past. He locks in on guys. He he claims to trust his reads, and I think he does. I think he goes through his progression robotically to a fault. <clears throat> but he locks in on certain guys. And in the past, it was Adam Thielen. He, Adam Thielen was the lock-in guy. And you were saying, well, you need to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson more. 
now I think Justin Jefferson is the guy he's locking in on, which is inherently the right decision, but it doesn't mean you have to just like make the rest of the field invisible to you. You know, you don't have to just have tunnel vision to Justin Jefferson at all times. I think the reason we saw Irv Smith be so involved in, in Monday night's game plan is or look like he was involved in Monday night's game plan is because often he was the check down. Often he was the last read where Kirk was like, I have to throw this. I think you see with a lot of things with Kirk, it's lock in on this guy that I want to get the ball to pre-snap. And if that guy's not there, as I go through my progression, I'll get all the way to my check down and then I'll just throw that. You mentioned a third and five play early on Monday. He went through one, two, three, four, threw the ball to Irv Smith three yards before the first down marker. That 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 chance that ball had no chance of being a first down. That was the story of this offense. So I would like to see him kind of Kirk Cousins, I'm saying, scan the field more, give guys more of a chance, spread the ball around. Because I think <clears throat> while Darius Slay deserves credit for what he did to Justin Jefferson on Monday night. Kirk wasn't spreading the ball around. It wasn't like he was giving Adam Thielen a couple throws here, KJ Osborne, a couple opportunities there, and then trying to hit Justin Jefferson for chunk plays down the field. It was like, if Jefferson's not there, I'm going to my check down. And he often wasn't there because Darius Slay was there, but you want to see these more weapons. These weapons really show more because that's what we thought this offense was going to be predicated on is like the ability to spread the wealth. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, one-two punch, KJ Osborne having a breakout year, Irv Smith doing his thing from the tight end position. And right now you've really only seen, like you said, Jefferson in week one and Irv Smith in week two. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because, like, you know, we just, as you mentioned, like we think going to Justin Jefferson a lot is the play. Like that's the path to success. And I still think it is, but you know, it's it's might be a little bit of a learning process of like, yes, we want to do that a lot, but it can't be the only thing you're doing um like robert woods last year got off to a really slow start to the year uh for the rams and that was matthew stafford's first year in that offense and he was peppering cooper cup and he continued to pepper cooper cup throughout the season but like robert woods is a great receiver um and was barely involved and then it kind of progressed so maybe that's a quarterback saying yes i'm log walking in on this guy but okay now how do i kind of pick my spots how do i use the fact that the defense is shading so heavily towards this guy that I can take advantage of my other good weapons. So I think maybe that's something that will come with time. Uh, but for the Vikings offense, it has to, I think, come sooner than later that you are using everybody to make life easier for Kirk Cousins, to make life easier for Justin Jefferson, to make you know life better for the KJ Osborns and Adam Thielens of the world. So we'll see. Uh, we're going to get, we'll take a little bit more about the offense, but then we're going to get into the defensive matchup, trying to slow down this suddenly potent Lions offense uh, coming up here in segment two.